either one of these any good? Wow, this is a good movie. It's pretty good. Yeah, well, the director from yesterday doesn't think so. It stinks. You sorry? You waste all our film. <laughs> it's so bad. Well, after having a major studio release go straight to home video last week, kind of quiet down a little mm-hmm. bit this week, but we've got some stuff to chew on. Uh, welcome back to the screening room. She is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And we're from MadWolf.com. And of course, yeah, the big one last week was Trolls World Tour. And everybody was kind of sitting back and wondering what kind of business was it going to do, and it did big business. It did, it did. It broke all kinds of records, although it'll be interesting to see whether it can sustain that. So it's going to have right. a big opening week, yes. and then... Probably not, as, but you never know, maybe. Well, as we talked about last week, it's the kind of movie that is just is perfect for this unfortunate yes. situation. Yeah. So, yes, it's going to have a, a strong opening weekend, and now you've got people who have already bought it, and you've got it for, at least in, in, in our case, 30 days. Mm. So you can see it multiple times mm-hmm. for the kids. Uh, but yeah, how's that? How, what kind of legs is it going to have? Yeah. But the other question now is, what's that going to do to the business model once everything gets back to quote unquote normal? Is it going to get back to normal, or is this the type of thing we're going to see more of? Yeah, I mean, it's a weird idea because uh, it's it's hard to apply this. Because the situation is so specific and right. because it is a family film. Right, exactly. Right? So exactly. I don't see, you know, I don't see even, you know, even something like Mulan, which is technically speaking a family film, I don't see it doing the same because it costs so much more to make. Yeah, it's just one of those. It's really going to be hard. I can see this, the type of business that it did gets people's attention in mm-hmm. all facets of the business. Whoa. Yeah. And then the the wheels start turning a little bit about how this the business model can be maybe altered in the future. But it's it's I think it's way too early to tell. Yeah. I mean way I feel like I feel like the two things that Trolls World Tour had going for it, number one, it it didn't it didn't even cost like what a Pixar, you know, animated film would cost to make. And number two, it is a family film. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you're stuck with your kids in the house and then you have to teach them and by the end of the day Everybody's exhausted and you have to do something with them or you have to do something while you have a Zoom meeting to go to or whatever, you know. And so without those two things going for it, I don't know that this is a model for, but what do I know? Not very much. When you look at it, taking a family, say a family of four, it's going to be a lot less time, a lot less money and a lot less aggravation yeah. to rounding them all up, taking them to the theater mm-hmm. as as much as fun as a as a trip to the theater can be. Yeah. I mean, we love it, but still you can see a lot of harried parents just going just buy it on the oh, home yeah. video. Oh yeah. yeah. But you think about like Black Widow coming out. Well, yeah. Little kids aren't going to watch Black Widow 19 times. Yeah, so There are people who will watch it 19 <laughs> times, but I mean, it's not the same kind of family investment. Right. This was the perfect the, yeah. the perfect model for, for uh, this type of situation. And we all hope it settles down and, and we get back to our normal way of living as soon as we can. And that, is, and that includes trips to the theater because, well, of course, when movies are as big as part of your life as they are for us, yeah. man, we miss that. Yeah. We miss it a lot. So uh, let's talk about, though, the ones that are available, brand new availability in the, uh, the home video releases this week. And it starts with a 30-something woman navigating through love and heartbreak over the course of one year. During that time, she will unlock the secrets of her life in a sudden turn of events And in the most surprising of places, it's called Endings, Beginnings. I'm in a place where all I want to do is travel the world and explore new cultures. I think that's what makes you amazing. You're great. You're great. Frank's one of my oldest friends. He's the life and soul of every party. He's so fun. 
got another one? Who are you hiding from? Here's the thing. I love Jack. But I gotta do with the fact that now I know you. You're making me all crazy. I don't need to be a wedge in your friendship. It's gonna be all right. So even though it might seem like I'm the target audience for this film, I required that you review it because <laughs> I hate movies like this. I hate movies where women, that the whole thing is just self-disguise. I hate the eat, pray, loves. I hate the eat, pray, yeah. loves, George. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Even in that synopsis right there, she unlocks the secrets of her life. So that's promising something that really this movie does not deliver. You know what? No movie can deliver. She unlocks the <laughs> secrets of her life. It's one of those movies like the Eat, Pray, Eat, Pray, Love and those type. And, and the reason that you hate those type of movies is because they don't, they very seldom deliver on what they're promising. Yeah. When does this, this journey of self-discovery just collapse and you go, no, she's just or he is just being selfish. Exactly. That's all it is. Get a job. And, Get and, a job. And that's, <laughs> that's well, that's one of the problems with this movie, the job aspect, but <laughs> it does. It doesn't hold up under inspection of what it is promising. Yeah. But what it does have going is a good cast yes. that delivers the material led by Shailene Woodley. Now, all the way back to her earliest work, especially in The Descendants yeah. with uh, George Clooney. She's been fantastic. Yes, she's always great Just in every fantastic. single thing. Yeah. Whether And she's been in some bad movies, but she, she's been in some good movies. Yeah. And and like this, she's been in several films that are fine, but are really elevated by her presence. Oh, definitely so, because she makes the character... You don't have to like her. And we've talked about this before. Yeah. You don't need a likable protagonist to no. have a good movie. No. It's not a necessity. And so just the fact that she is unlikable in a lot of areas, that's okay. Uh, the problem is the character doesn't back up what the movie is selling. Mm -hmm. But she still, she has the talent to make this character at least interesting. Yeah. An interesting train wreck. Number one, she's the kind of character, the kind of woman that... You, you don't see in most romance fantasies. Um, so, so that's nice. Anytime you see a, a, maybe a different character yeah. on, on screen, that's good. But you don't see her coming to terms. You don't see her unlocking the secrets <laughs> of her life. What you see her doing is just finding reasons to rationalize her selfishness. Yes. Especially when she says in the movie that all she wants to do now, she wants to do good for others. Well, when's that going to start? That's the thing. It doesn't happen. <laughs> and that's one of the, the few things I that... I think I'm going to start doing good for others by boning my boyfriend's <laughs> friend. And that's the opposite. Of... Yeah. No. <laughs> the whole thing the whole thing starts where yeah she leaves her longtime boyfriend for reasons we we really don't know uh, and then she moves in to her sister's pool house in LA on this and starts this journey uh, but then right away she meets these two guys one is played by Shab Sebastian Stan he's the bad boy mm. he's the impulsive bad boy mm -hmm. and then she meets uh, the other one the stand of the good guy and that's Jamie <laughs> Jamie Dornan playing against type <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah he doesn't have a red room in this one <laughs> But it turns out those two guys, they're friends. Mm -hmm. And even though Sebastian Stan says, oh, he'd never do anything to um, F over his friend. Well, I, I think you would. Yeah. Because they really, like it. they really don't try too hard to get to uh, stop her from getting between them. So that's where it goes. And she she goes back and forth between them. And 
I think the the movie wants to sell that's because they see her in different ways. Well, they really don't. She she sees herself in different ways. She likes the wildness of the bad boy, and then she likes the the, the steadiness of the good guy. And so it's really about her and how she is is feeding her own ego or mm-hmm. or her own desires and not thinking of other people no. like her stated desire was. You know, she should just she should just go donate blood. <laughs> that is a very easy way to just do good for others. Just go donate blood. And you know what else she does in this Movie's movie? Over. She actually she's in an arcade and she actually plays the claw game and she wins. She wins the claw game. <laughs> And it wasn't a dream sequence. I thought to myself, okay, if she wakes up in a cold sweat in a dream, I'll give it to her. No, she won. She actually won the, the claw Nobody game. wins the claw no, game. No, nobody does. Uh, so it's, that's, what breaks, that's what this movie breaks down to. It's uh, co-writer and director Drake Dormus, who has done, he did Like Crazy yeah. a few years mm-hmm. ago, which is a solid, it is. young type. Um, that was more of a 20-something mm-hmm. romance. Mm-hmm. This is more in the 30-somethings. But uh, still, so he, he can do it. Uh, this one just just collapses, and I don't know if it's because he's obviously a man writing a female character. Not yes. that it can't be done, no. but there's some insight here that actually I was surprised because someone of Shailene Woodley's status, I would think that she's going to have a decent amount of insight into this character, and it kind of struck me as curious that wow, you couldn't have. Where's her? Where's the character's self discovery here? I do need you, to see it. Do you know one of the things that that this makes me think of is the film Saint Francis which is about a 30-something train wreck of a woman who um, undergoes some similar, and she's not very likable, Mm -hmm. and she has some similar sort of, you know, she's just got to figure out what she's doing. And it's written and directed by a woman, and it's so much better than this. (laughs) Yeah, that, that definitely, when you just fail to deliver on the character, and the character is female, um, and it's written by a man. You have to look at that and, and, and say, well, maybe there's he, he's not dialed in yeah. to what he's trying to get right. dialed into. He's trying to make this a resonant character study, and it's just not happening. But you do have Shailene Woodley as, as, as good as ever, and the two guys, Jimmy Dornan and Sebastian Stan, all three of them have a good chemistry. It does seem very improvisational. Mm-hmm. I think from what I have, have gathered, that's kind of how Drake Dormus works a okay. little bit. It has an improvisational feel. They have a strong chemistry together. Um, and it's and all three of them are talented. They are. Yes, they are. So uh, that's what we mean when we say it really elevates the material that, that really needed elevated. And I'm not going to go in. I don't want to spoil anything about the, the ending. But it just, it had, to me, it had big neon letters that said cop out just all over the place. And so in the end, it's just one that benefits from the actors, but the material just really goes goes nowhere. And And it promises something that it doesn't deliver. And that's endings, beginnings. Next up is a look at five factions running the underground life of Haldwell School, a prestigious East Coast boarding school at the head of the most powerful faction, the Spades, sits Sella Summers, walking the fine line between being feared and being loved. Sella and the Spades. My gut says Paloma. Sella, she's too new. She doesn't even know how the world works If she doesn't know, then I'll teach her. Paloma Davis. Hey. Are you busy right now? Make no mistake. Severe actions? Well, they beget severe consequences. Do they ever talk about the girl who came before you? She didn't work out. You got me breaking. It wasn't anyone's fault but her own. Is that what she told you? Rules for you. 
Well, the written review for this at MadWolf.com was done by our writer, Brandon Thomas, and he really, really liked it. He was very impressed by yeah, it. He was. Yeah. And, and you know, it can be tough to do one of those sort of high school dramas yeah. that doesn't feel, you know, cringy. You know, <laughs> uh, like, oh, that's not what high school's like. But this is very hip and smooth, and it has some great performances. And actually... Now, it's not as if it's a hard-boiled noir or anything like that, but the movie it reminded Brandon of, and this is this is uh, heady waters right here, was uh, Brick from Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson's incredibly awesome mm-hmm. high school drama, Brick. That was total noir. Yes. Yeah, this is not. But no. I But anytime you're comparing it to that, the type of storytelling... Uh, in that movie, that yeah, that's that that's Hetty Waters, and that's a big compliment. Um, and it's also should be pointed out that it's, the writer director is Tyarisha Poe, if I pronounce that right. And it's mainly a school people of color, which right right there gives it a good perspective that is not always seen exactly. in, in these types of uh, high school dramas. Yeah, and I think also, I mean, her style is is very sort of loose and fresh and hip, you know? And so even though I think maybe this plot itself, the story itself, it, it doesn't go as deep as you might hope that it's going to, but it does have a, a very engaging and consistently interesting sort of presentation, style, to mm-hmm. the way the story is delivered. And the performances are great. Yeah, Sella is played by Lovey Simone, so she's at the top of the, the cast list there. So I think in her case and the uh, filmmaker, the writer-director's case, it's it's young talent here that yeah. is certainly worth keeping an eye on. Exactly. For sure, if you want to check out that complete written review from Brandon. Again, he loved uh, Sella and the Spade. You can find that at madwolf.com. This next one is going to be a challenge for me to read without laughing. Detective Fox loves work and alcohol. After going to AA, his sponsor, Chip, becomes the main suspect in his investigation of a missing kid. Fox also starts to believe that people are disappearing up Chip's butt. That's what I said because the movie is called Butt Boy. So you're asking me to go off this theory you got about a white married male who happens to be a father living in the suburbs of Critica County, who also happens to be your AA sponsor, has been secretly running around, cramming objects, animals, and children up his ass. Then he somehow digests them, and he does this in sprays, almost in serial killer fashion. Is that about it? Uh Uh-huh. That is a writing prompt right there. <laughs> okay, Tyler Kornak, write a movie about things disappearing up a guy's butt. <laughs> and he did it. Not only did he do it, he did it really well. <laughs> you know, I mean, I know it's, it's the funniest thing because, first of all, who you probably don't even want to Google the phrase Butt Boy, no. Butt Boy Online, Butt right. Boy Streaming. I mean, there's this the movie title really makes it difficult to, to get to the film that you're trying to watch. Right, exactly. But it's worth the effort. Yeah. It's, uh, it's an absurd, obviously. Like it's, it's such an absurd film. And that is hard to pull off without feeling like you're sort of, you know, in trauma territory, you know? But but you're not. It's really funny. And, and also, it could easily have turned into a horror film. And it's just not. What it is is a very savvy, very absurd look at private eye movie tropes. Yeah. And if along the way you start thinking, now wait a minute. 
actually having that thing or person disappear up somebody's butt, I don't think that's anatomically possible. Don't get bogged down with oh, that. Oh, no, please don't. Do not. <laughs> You're definitely thinking too hard. You You're thinking too hard. <laughs> Matt Wiener did the review for this one. and um... Because when we saw a movie come in <laughs> called Butt Boy and we we realized, wait a minute, isn't one of the people on our writing staff named Wiener? <laughs> That's who's going to review this movie. It was a no-brainer. <laughs> I wish that wasn't true. I wish that was not a true story. But also, truly, I thought he would enjoy it the most because he does have a kind of an absurd sense of humor. And he did like it very much. Although, while he was watching it, his wife Regina came into the room and promptly left the His room. wife. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm not saying it's for all audiences, exactly. but it is really funny and it's very smart. Yeah, so you can tell by the the synopsis there. If if that is just not your thing, well, it, it delivers on its promise. It does. Uh, yeah, which the one we already <laughs> talked about, a movie that didn't really, this one is just what it says it is. But if that sort of absurdist fantasy is your bag, uh, we think you're going to have a lot of fun with this one called... But boy. Well, we get a lot more serious for this last one. It's a documentary. This one looks at the events after the coup d'etat of the democratically elected government in Chile and the Italian embassy in Santiago played a major role in helping the opposers of the regime, extraditing many of them to Italy. It's called Santiago Italia. Me dijo que esto iba a ser como quien dice imparcial. Yo no soy imparcial. This is one, uh, first of all, we always like to point out the films that you can stream and help out uh, film centers at the same time. So you can you can stream this film from a Wexner Center for the Arts. And it is a fascinating documentary. I haven't actually seen a couple of different documentaries and a Neruda biopic that that you know, focus on the coup d'etat in Chile. Mm -hmm. But this is the first time I'd heard anything about this. And the filmmaker, Nani Moretti, is, he's Italian. And he's actually not known for documentaries. He's won a Palme d'Or. He's been nominated for at least four or five other Palme d'Ors. But all of them in fiction. And it's a fascinating sort of rule-bending approach that he takes to the documentary. And and because he's Italian, I think this is why this is so fascinating, is what he he, he shows you is how in the mid-70s, the Italy saw themselves in Chile as Chile was trying to throw off this dictatorship. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's really beautiful in the way that he tells the story through the eyes of these uh, a, a handful of Chileans who were extradited to, Ch- to Italy mm-hmm. and how they remember everything. And it, it doesn't spoon-feed you. Like, if you have no idea about... The coup d'etat of Chile in 1973, you know, you're going to have to pay attention. It gives you sort of some some archival footage to start things off. But then it just you, you just talk to some of the people as they're remembering what happened. And it's really moving. Mm-hmm. It's very sort of touching, sometimes funny. But then it's it's interesting to me because the filmmaker then talks to some people who were um, on the side of the regime. And I'm used to seeing documentaries where... The filmmaker is at least trying to be impartial. And it was very interesting to me to hear him be confrontational with these people who yeah. are, quote, misremembering well, some you, of you the facts. Well, you hear some of that in the little bit of the trailer. The one man that he's talking to, though, it was pretty much saying, I was under the impression this was going to be impartial. And he tells him, nope, 
Yeah, he does. Actually, to be honest with you, I thought that was the most fascinating and, and in retrospect, my favorite scene in the film because I was myself very, like, startled by it. Mm -hmm. Like, because he just said, because the, the director says right to this man's face. Yo no soy impartial. Oh. I am not impartial. Well, that's interesting when you when you say that he's not known to be a documentarian. So he comes to this as a passion project. And no, he doesn't feel any rules of the road, so no. to speak. I'm, I'm making the film because I have something to say. And no, I'm not, I'm not being impartial. And what he's saying is history repeats itself. And that is what, yes. so that's what Italy saw in Chile, right? Italy who had, you know, this was in the, in the 70s, so they'd only been about 30 years past throwing off dictatorship on their own, right? Mm -hmm. And so that they saw themselves in Chile. And then, of course, you know, as we currently are seeing so many countries sort of lured back toward the type of leadership that at least borders on dictatorships, yep. our own country included, you know, the film is saying, let's not, right? Yeah. Let's stop watching history repeat itself. And it's just such a, and, and again, as you said, because he's a narrative filmmaker, it's just a different approach to, to the to the documentary form. It's basically character driven. He you know he talks to these five or six or seven different people, and they have such interesting stories to tell, and it does make it a really engaging um, documentary. Yeah. So a very socially conscious and another case of history becoming very vital with the headlines of today, and that is Santiago Italia, and that takes us to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Just a couple, really, led by Underwater. Kristen Stewart and a gang of oil rig workers underwater, and they're not alone. And a lot of people called this alien under the sea with good reason. With very good reason. <laughs> um. <laughs> But you know what? That's not necessarily a bad thing because, yes, it's a formula, but it can still work. That's the thing. If you can execute on it, then why not? You know, and it's, it reminds me a little bit of how the movie, um, what was the alligator movie that you liked so well? Crawl. Crawl mm -hmm. worked, yeah. despite the fact that it really shouldn't have. Right. That's the same with this. It does. It works, despite the fact that it really shouldn't. But Kristen Stewart, uh, case do, she does, she does, <laughs> and, and I liked We've said before that she's she's a very strong actor, and it's great to see her try a lot of different things. And she's done a lot of independent films. This is interesting because it's a very different role for her because she's the Ripley. She's trying to be. She's the Ripley. Yeah, that's yeah. that's tough. That's a tough act to follow. She's a heavily Ripley. made up Ripley. It's an interesting <laughs> character because she's got all this makeup on, uh, but this you know this blonde crew cut. I mean, she's she cuts a fascinating figure in this movie. And uh, not everybody is as solid as she is, but it's a really talented cast, given what this movie is. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that I liked was, you know, in the end, I think that uh, Lovecraft fans will be yes. will appreciate the direction that it takes. Because I don't know if you saw this, I think just this week, probably because it's coming out on video now, director William Eubank has basically said yes. Uh, when you get down to it and the monster starts appearing, yes, that is a direct homage to Lovecraft. Oh, yeah. As there's if no... You did, as if you didn't know. Yeah, there's no question about it. So, you know, it's fun. And it's such a B-movie, but it does such a great job. Yeah. You know, it's it's a very enjoyable film. Yeah, I could see this one being being fun for a lot of people cooped up at home with the family and just have a little monster movie fun. Oh, yeah, yeah, why not? Why not? You think you feel confined. <laughs> exactly. And uh, the other big one, the other one coming out on regular 
release, the regular schedule for home video, is Just Mercy, and that is with Michael B. Jordan and Jamie Foxx. And here's another case where the actors elevate the material. Uh, not that it's really bad material, it's just that it follows such a familiar roadmap. Mm-hmm. Uh, the filmmaker here is Destin Daniel Cretton, who did Short Term 12. Mm. And it's it's a case, it's based on true life. Uh, of a of a guy who started a, a project, a, a law office to deal with people on death row, mainly impoverished people on death row who had unfair trials and could be possibly innocent. And it pretty much focuses mainly on one case, case of a man, in this case played by Jamie Foxx, and Michael B. Jordan is the lawyer. So we have seen these types of movies before because, unfortunately, there's a lot of these types of stories to tell. Right. Uh, and this one just follows the familiar beats. It's not going to be surprising in any way. You're going to have the impassioned speeches in the courtroom. You're going to have the incredible acts of bigotry and injustice. But you do have... In the end, you've got Jordan, and you've got Fox, and you've got Brie Larson. Yeah. Even though her 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 character here seems a little wasted, yeah. and and it seems to me that it was probably only included just to really give props to the actual woman, who right. I'm sure was very valuable in in the actual events taking place. In the movie, though, you could easily see her not being in it, and yeah. it, it really wouldn't have been changed that much. But it's always good to see Brie Larson. So. These these types of stories can be really hard to watch sometimes, but it deals with very unfortunate truths. And you do have a case where the actor is elevated for sure, even though it's things you have seen uh, pretty pretty frequently on screen. And that is just mercy. Looking forward to next week. Nothing really big. One we've got a uh, true story of the Kelly Gang, which is one I saw that about a month ago. Yeah, but that's a ba- that's a massive cast. Yeah, it is a massive cast, and uh, so that's coming out next week. Also. Here's a love letter. Why don't you just die? Yeah, it's a Russian movie that we're looking forward to. Okay, also To the Stars and one I've never heard of, 0.0 megahertz. It's a new Shudder film. Ooh, okay. Yeah. All right, the latest Shudder. So we love getting an early look at those. So we'll see how those are next week. In the meantime, let us know what you thought about Butt Boy. <laughs> and anything else. Uh, We're always glad to keep the conversation going on Twitter. That's the easy way to find us. We're at Mad Wolf. Also on Facebook and Instagram, it is Mad Wolf Columbus. And the main website where you can find all the written reviews from us and our other talented writers, as well as finding our other podcast, Fright Club, only about horror movies, and a new one where we count down our favorite masks in horror movies. That drops on Monday. You can find all that on the main website at madwolf.com. So we always appreciate you stopping by. Do us a favor, if you would, and subscribe, rate, and review. Love you for that. So until next week, she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And this is the Screening Room Podcast. See ya. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. Bye. <laughs>